Welcome to the Smoke Pit. Joining us today is Austin Alexander. He is the founder of Battle Bunkers, and congratulations. I know a little while ago you hit a million subscribers on YouTube. Yes, I did. Hello. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me here. I feel like, uh, you know, for the viewers that are just listening, I do have a cigar since this is the Smoke Pit podcast, so just keep that yeah. in mind. The smoking lamp is lit indeed, my friend. I saw the uh, the picture of the plaque that you posted once you, once you hit your million subscribers. That must have been a great feeling. It was, yeah. It's It was kind of surreal just because like people see this object and they're like, oh, cool, it's a golden plaque. But for me, I just see hours and hours and weeks and months of compiled time that we that we spent to get there. And it was uh, emotional and it was a, a great feeling at the same time. Now, I am uh, not a botanist, but through my calculations, I have tallied that you did approximately 4 billion burpees uh, to get to a million subscribers. Can you confirm or deny this? Um, I have to deny. It was about half of that. It was about 2 billion. <laughs> but yes, lots of burpees. Is that your favorite workout? No, I actually hate burpees. I think everybody hates burpees. Yeah. We, we used to use them as a punishment at the, the first obstacle course we built, but we oh, wow. just completely done away with them. Yeah. <laughs> so walk us through it a little bit. You were in the Navy and while you were there, you had this idea that you wanted to, to build a community. And uh, could you walk us through the process uh, from there into where you are today? Sure. Um, so I was born June 12th, 1992. Nine Beautiful pounds. summer day, 30% humidity. <laughs> yes. I exactly. do my research. This guy's good, y'all. If you uh, if you have any um, speculation about Daniel, he knows his stuff. Um, okay, so let's get into it. I spent about seven years in the Navy, about four years into the Navy, when I got stationed at Sail Beach Harbor Patrol. I <clears throat> previously, I always had an interest with video, but then I started taking it more seriously. I started making videos to inspire other service members to, to do better on their physical readiness test. And then I, I was helping other branches and I made programs and, and free templates people could download to to help prepare themselves for the military or to lose weight or to prepare themselves for the PRTs. And <clears throat> I, I started producing videos consistently in August, 2018. And I, I started posting them on social media and YouTube. And <clears throat> I just fell in love with the process. It gave me something to, to look forward to. It gave me something to kind of latch onto as my own project, as my own, my own baby. I had never had anything like that before. And we produced throughout 2018, 2019, we produced probably about a hundred videos and I became so obsessed with it. There was one time in 2018, I made like 40 videos in 40 days and there were short videos. Oh, wow. but I was, yeah, I was, I was very passionate and just obsessed about it because I was reading these comments and I was thinking, you know, every person that watches, every person that comments, maybe I can help them change their life through fitness. Yeah. Cause that's I, actually I, how I came across you. Um, I Googled how to activate my glutes and a picture of you came up and I was like, that's a good looking man. Well, that's perfect. Was I doing hip thrust? Yeah. <clears throat> perfect. I, I hope you Full saved that video. Good. Good. <laughs> Save uh, it up here, my friend. There's no other, there's no other way to do it. Full activation is the way to go. <clears throat> from there I kept producing and I came to this in about 2020 
you know, there was some revenue involved and I had started working with brands and it came to the point where the Navy was like, Hey, go ahead and reenlist. And I said, no, I want to take, take this production thing and take this YouTube thing full time. And that's what I did. And in 2020, I made the decision to get out of the Navy and take production full time. But I knew there had to be something else involved. I had to establish, well, I didn't have to, I wanted to establish a brand, more of a, an umbrella community for, for the people that follow and watch and like love to be entertained and inspired. And that's where I came up with this idea called Battle Factory. And I started looking for warehouses. And the original idea behind Battle Factory was that I was going to lease this warehouse and just have this gym and obstacle courses in there and basically do all this stuff, which I didn't have the money to do. Okay. And before you go on, uh, I said Battle Bunker earlier. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Because uh, now you're saying Battle Factory, and I'm over here yeah. sweating. <laughs> like, did I just mess this man's yeah. business up? His legacy? Like, is what he's gonna no. pass down to his children? No, no. This is uh, this is the OG Ooh. idea. Okay. <laughs> so, I was working with a management agency at the time to kind of help me consolidate everything that I was doing, and they're like, "Well, if you're gonna start this, you should probably trademark it." And so I started looking into trademarking. And I saw that Battle, Battle Factory was taken by Pokemon. And I said, so okay. So I waited like two seconds. You would have explained it. Thanks, anxiety. Exactly. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, so I went to Google. I typed in activate factory. Glutes. I typed in activate your glutes. And then after <laughs> that, I typed in factory synonyms. And then the word bunker came up. And I said, that is perfect. So I did a trademark search on Battle Bunker and I saw that it was owned by Nerf, like the big, you know, the foam dart company. Wait, like and... Nerf or nothing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't give you any other options. It's Nerf or it's nothing. It's it's exactly. So <laughs> that trademark had expired and I was like, bam, I hopped on it, Bingo. purchased it. I said, this is going to be the name of our series, Battle Bunker. And then... It was on to the the next iteration, which was to get a, a parcel of land because I couldn't afford 10 grand a month. That was expensive for a warehouse, especially in LA. It was crazy of me to even think that I could afford that. Yeah, I think so, you just get punched in the stomach for asking for an application. And if money yeah. doesn't fall out of your pockets, they're like, get exactly. out of here. Yep. If you don't have three months three months uh, rent up front plus the fourth month's rent plus a security deposit of double, then forget about it. So I started looking for parcels of land and I'll, I'll make a long story short here, but I found a parcel of land. It was 86 acres and the guy wanted three grand a month for it. So I hopped mm. on it. Didn't have yeah. the money at the time. I, I didn't, didn't know that. I'm just, I'm terrible at planning. I'm good at execution. So basically I executed, didn't really plan. My, my rough idea was I'm going to build an obstacle course out in the desert and people are going to come out here and work out and we're going to do some burpees and we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> so on my exit out of the Navy on terminal leave, the first day that I went on terminal leave, which was Monday, I believe it was like November, maybe in October, I don't remember, of 2020. I was out there going to Home Depot, getting wood, getting dirt, getting 
clearing the land, everything for this obstacle course. And built the course on the first day of actual, actually me being out of the Navy. Yeah. We filmed our first Battle Bunker episode out there. That's my little puppy. She's barking. Lucy, get out of the quiet. Special guest appearance by Lucy. Shout out, yes. Lucy. Little Malty Poo. Hashtag Malty Poo. <clears throat> so we started creating these Battle Bunker episodes. And at the time, I was under a super lot of stress because I was paying three grand a month, which was money that I didn't yeah. have. And I was having to pay myself because those Navy paychecks weren't coming anymore. <laughs> and it got tough. And the first few months of 2021 were, were very, very tough. I was in the red a lot. I was, my bank account was just drying up faster than anything. And then we had a few of the Battle Bunker episodes started to perform very well, like millions of views. I think we had one that hit a million views and another one that hit 2 million views. And for, for people that aren't on YouTube, that, that don't create on YouTube, a million views for my channel, it earns about $5,000. So... <clears throat> With the previous catalog of videos and the Battle Bunker episodes, we started to earn pretty well again in 2021. I think we were doing probably between 10 to 15, maybe $20,000 a month from the YouTube. And it started to turn around. I was able to, to hire an editor. And that's how Battle Bunker started. It, was, it wasn't competitions. It wasn't social media. It wasn't cash prizes. I mean, it wasn't uh, social media giveaways. It wasn't cash prizes. It was a simple obstacle course series that we made videos on out in the desert. Oh, wow. And you took that uh, from the, the humble origins. I think the first day I was out of the Marine Corps, I set up a poncho liner in between two chairs and sat in it like a fort and watched Full Metal Jacket. Uh, but you, you were out there working. And I, for anybody who hasn't made the transition out yet, it is... It is hard in ways that you, you don't expect. Uh, so, Austin, uh, what kind of motivation uh, did you use to inspire you through those hard times? So being on YouTube and active on social media, I constantly felt like I was in this, this light. Not a spotlight, just a light where people were watching what I was doing. Everything was public. My transition was public. So I felt... Like every day that I wasn't out there working or every time I sat down to just enjoy lunch, I had this feeling over me that these, you know, thousands of people were just watching what I was doing and I felt like I was letting them down if I took a break and I stopped working because I knew there were other service members out there that were transitioning or that were about to go into the military or about to get out of the military that were depending on my personality online to, to help them get through the days. So like Something that type to lean of, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That type of weight that I felt was tremendous. It still is. And that's the, the motivation that I used to keep going and to keep building this thing, even though I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. And yeah, that's, that's what I use for motivation. Is there a specific quote or saying that you like to tell yourself or others uh, during those hard times? I know you probably want to hear a quote, but I don't, I don't have a quote. I, even, if, even if it's just kind of like a, hey, you know, down old Southern wisdom that uh, Mama used to say. Um, I hear a bit of a twang. You're not, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah, yeah, man, man, I'm, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, there are not really any, any 
quotes that I can remember. I just have this, this saying in my head. It's standardize and then optimize. Mm. Standardizing is making it consistent. And that can entail, you know, executing and actually following through with your plan. Mm. And if you, if you have to flip a 180 or open a, a different door, you may have to do that. Like for me with the land, I was knocking at these doors of Battle Factory and then I had to pivot because I couldn't afford it. And then with Battle Bunker, I checked out a few parcels of land that either weren't big or needed permits. And I was going through this whole process with County of LA, knocking on these doors, trying to standardize this, op this operation. And I was having to pivot. I pivoted a lot. So standardizing is, is the act of consistency and execution optimizing is where you really hone your craft. So I, I keep that in my head with everything that I do. Like if I wake up in the morning, usually I have a glass of 16 ounces of water. If that water's not there, I have to pivot. Okay, let's go get some more water and put it in the filter. You know, it's simple things that you can use on a daily under the quote, standardize, optimize to follow and execute your plan. No, I, I appreciate that, and I, I thank you for sharing it. I would also like to point out that you're all bashful, like, oh, no, I don't got nothing. Boom, and you hit me with this eloquent, well-prepared <laughs> life philosophy. <laughs> that came from from the heart. Yeah. I, a lot of people hop on podcasts, and they have these fake personalities and fake uh, tonalities and body language. I'm just I'm speaking from the heart, Daniel. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate that, and I recently heard somebody uh, say, and by that, I mean, I Googled it 10 minutes ago. Uh, the voice that tells you to quit can also be trained to say, keep going. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And that voice is your own head. That's everyone's most, that's their biggest downfall is their mentality. So many people in this world and so many people that exist have this mentality that you know, whatever they do, if, if stuff gets hard, they'll, they'll stop. They'll, 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 they'll quit. You know, if you just change the word quit to pivot, I think it allows people to think about it differently. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not quitting. I'm just pivoting in a different direction. As long as they keep executing, then you're going to be able to, to follow through with your execution. And uh, for anybody who has spent the, uh, the amount of time being rained on as many of us in the military have, uh, you notice that uh, water rarely takes a straight path when it's trickling down something. And just because you have to go left or right doesn't necessarily mean that that original path or that straight line, the easiest path, was a failure. And on top of that, I think that too many people have become uh, complacent with the idea of allowing that voice of negativity uh, to reign supreme, to be dominant, to go unchecked. And, you know, I ask people, you know, if you saw somebody at a bar in your best friend or your significant other's face, you know, pointing in their face, calling them trash, saying they should quit, that they're ugly, this, that, and the other, what would you do? Well, I'd kick their ass. Like, yeah, that's the same ferocity that you need to fight for yourself with. Every time you have one thought that comes in that says that you're a failure or that you should give up or nobody cares about you, you need to immediately fire back 10 thoughts in the opposite direction. No, I'm not quitting. I can do this. People rely on me. I believe in myself. I'm not done yet. Whatever your affirmations are, you need to fire 10 back. And that needs to be your standard um, operating uh, procedure. If you get one negative thought, fire 10 back. And eventually, 
they stop shooting at you and it becomes a lot easier to affirm yourself and you spend a lot less time in your own headspace dealing with the negativity. Yeah, hundred percent, man. That was, that was deep. That was the deepest thing I've ever heard you say. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, I don't have negative thoughts because they happen all the time. I say, what ifs all the time? What if this doesn't work out? What if this doesn't blah, blah, blah. In my head with battle bunker, when I was first starting it, of course I was saying, what if this doesn't work out? What if this doesn't, you know, what if I spend all my money and I go homeless? I don't have a job. I mean, it could very well have happened. Yeah. It could still happen, but I'm constantly telling myself and, and, and shifting my brain towards those more positive outlooks and, and the habit of, of standardizing and optimizing and knocking on different doors if one doesn't open. And so you, you started to find great success with your, um, with your channel and with the notoriety that you're getting. And then you started having a lot of um, famous uh, guests come over and, and do workouts with you. Yeah. Um, you know, famous in the realm of, you know, what it's, that's subjective. Like we had the Sway House mm -hmm. out there too hype. They're very popular on social media. I don't think they're like necessarily super famous, but I mean, a, a good person that I admire is Chef Rush. We had Chef Rush out there and, yeah. and we did collaborations with Caitlin Ohashi and Markiplier and it's been great. And I think we offer this very kind of like unique thing that no, no other YouTuber or creator is doing where we own this obstacle course and we can go out there and basically do whatever we want. And, um, I, I saw that you, you had, um, just a, a, a huge list. So for, for everybody um, who, who hasn't seen it, go check out uh, Austin's YouTube channel. Uh, like one of the, the more interesting videos that I saw on there, you had uh, James Charles doing the obstacle course. You had gymnasts. You have people taking on various athletic competitions being like, hey, you know, Miss B uh, Bikini Olympia attempts to do the U.S. Navy physical tests. And, and so you're, you're putting these people uh, who specialize in their field and in their craft in a situation that they're not necessarily accustomed to. So I got to ask, was, was there anyone that really, like, I know you love them all, but was there anyone who like really impressed you uh, with their um, enthusiasm or their physical fitness or their, uh, their ethics uh, for dedication? Yes. There's, there's one woman that comes to mind uh, throughout the whole time when we were collaborating with James Charles and Markiplier, that was before we had the course built, but I about two years ago, I met this woman by the name of Michelle Carre, and she's also another YouTuber creator, very, very popular on YouTube. And I said, hey, come out to try the course. And she did. And I believe that was the first time or second time that I had met her. I think we grabbed coffee or something before that. She did the course. And after that, she came to me. She said, hey, I want to try the Navy physical uh, the Navy SEAL physical screening test, which is an entry oh, wow. level test that is yeah. used to qualify SEAL candidates. And are you even good to good enough to fail? <laughs> what do you mean? Saying like you have to oh, be at least this exactly. fit to at least attempt the thing that has a high failure rate. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So still a still a very tough test. You have to be very well rounded. You have yeah. to be able to run fast. You have to be able to swim fast, pull ups, push ups, sit ups. And I said you sure you want to do this? We can do this. So we went to the pool and she tried the test and she fell. And she called me about two, three days later. She said, if I really wanted to train to pass this thing, how long would it take? And I was like, well, uh, probably 
judging on pull-ups, probably, you know, eight to 10 weeks or something like that. Mm -hmm. So she said, let's do it. And I developed her a, a training program. She was coming to the pool to swim with me like two or three times per week. And we were running and she stayed committed for that whole eight weeks. And then we tested again and she was about halfway there on her pull-ups. So <laughs> we did another eight weeks. So for 16 weeks, she hung in there and trained. And then finally, when we thought she was ready, we went back to the pool, to the gym, and she crushed the swim. She got 10 pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups were good. And then the mile and a half run was good. And she, she passed. So she very, she, she impressed me a lot. She was, that was very impressive to me. That's a lot of dedication. It is. Yeah. And I learned a lot about her during that time. She's, she's committed and she will go through the paces and, and do the things that are necessary to succeed. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. And what's the name of um, of the the video that people can reference if they want to go and watch that journey? It's on Michelle Carre's channel. Her last name is K H A R E, and it's titled "I Tried the Navy Seal Physical Screening Test." Right on, then. Uh, so, do you have any future co uh, collaborations or projects coming up that you're super excited about? Yes, actually, we have two. One that one I won't speak about, but the second one is we have. We're recruiting a hundred Marines to compete for a date with Miss California. Ooh. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's about some that. spicy curry, gonna, my friend. That's going to be a good very, competition. Very spicy. Yes. There's going to be some <laughs> fighting. There's going to be some, a lot of people, a lot of Marines that are going to be embarrassed, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, uh, I, I cannot wait, uh, to, to see that. Uh, I cannot wait to, to write an article about that because uh, I, I know exactly what kind of clickbaity headline I'm going to put. No, I'm kidding. We are consummate <laughs> professionals at Pop Smoke Media. Uh, we hyperlink at least five sources per article, usually three to five. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting that maybe uh, you talked about just like being real and honest. And I, I know you got to get going here in a couple minutes. So I, I got a couple real and honest questions that most people who are you know casual consumers of content might not um, have thought about. So mm -hmm. the the first question is: Do you ever feel like whenever you're on camera, whenever you're doing uh, a video or an interview, do you ever feel like you're not necessarily not who you are, but you kind of have to amplify a little things versus who you are when you're you know sitting at your desk and you're looking at your numbers and you're trying to figure things out and you got work stress and family stress and you know. The, the dog wants to be let out and you have everything in the world going on because that's not who most people are when they hit record that, that kind of solemn moment where you're trying to circle your wagons and just get through another day versus when you're energetic and enthusiastic and, and cordial. So do you ever feel like after you, when you go onto a video or when you hit stop, like maybe there is a little bit of powering up or depowering? Um, I will say that, we do a lot of things and just because people see me in a video doesn't mean it's the only thing that I do. You know, I'm, I'm on calls with potential like sponsors. I'm running books. I'm looking at analytics. I'm mm -hmm. managing video editors. I'm managing series and videos in the pipeline. So when I actually do get to get out there and be physical and be active and be energetic in front of the camera, that is my true self for me, like sitting here at the computer, and just going through Google Docs and, you know, random stuff like Zapier's email address, blah, blah, blah. That's not really my true self at all. 
I have to do it and I, I enjoy doing it a little bit. But when I actually get out there and actually get to film like with Battle Bus or Hypercon Trials or Austin Alexander YouTube, that's my true self. I'm energetic. I'm happy. I always think I'm super blessed to be able to do this full time. And that's when my true energy shows. Well, I like that. Uh, the second question that I have is, uh, do you ever feel like when you're captioning a video or that uh, you're you're titling a piece of content uh, to put out there, do you ever have a thought process of like, how can I get the most people to care about this in the sea of content that's out there? How can I get the most people to care about what I truly feel like is a positive, worthwhile message that people would benefit from watching? Yes, 100%. I mean, as creators, if you're not constantly thinking about that, you're doing yourself a disservice. We've made incredible videos in the past that have a shitty thumbnail and a shitty title that haven't gotten the clicks that it deserves. So now we flip-flop it. We think of the title first and then thumbnail and then create the video. So for me, I always hated clickbait on YouTube. I couldn't mm -hmm. stand it, and I still hate it to this day. Because usually YouTubers will have a good title, a good thumbnail, shitty video, a video that's hardly ever relevant to the thumbnail and the, and the title. Or only touches on it for like two seconds out of a 30 minute video. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For us, we, we are constantly trying to think about video topics that will, that are interesting to people, you know, whether it's putting two branches head to head or two people head to head and we are super careful about not offering something in the title or thumbnail that doesn't actually happen in the video. Mm. Like um, we, we recently posted the video, U.S. Marines attempt the Navy, I mean, attempt the Chinese physical, Chinese Army physical fitness test. And that's exactly what we did. We got the standards online. We verified it through MSIG Warrior. And we had two Marines go head to head through, through the Chinese physical test. So, yeah, it's, it's constantly a battle between what's the most interesting thing and what can we actually do versus, um, you know, a video that's not, that probably won't get clicks and probably won't perform well. I, uh, I get that because uh, when I first started uh, Pop Smoke Media, it was purely entertainment and it was just kind of a cathartic way to bring the people together to laugh and joke. But as you know, things progress, I felt a little bit of a responsibility to, to help where I could. And so what I learned was trick them into paying attention with comedy. And then once they're paying attention, be like, ah, oh, the new national suicide crisis line is 988. Ah, now you know that information. If you or a loved one needs it, ah, bye, back to funny. Yeah, and so exactly. now I've tricked them into learning about their benefits or mental health resources or giving them inspirational quotes under the guise of uh, <laughs> sardonic humor. And so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit different, uh, when you're purely doing something just for what, uh, a face value is, you want to structure it. You want to make sure that the setup and the delivery and, you know, the, the conclusion are all satisfying. But then at the same time, like, I feel like if I put an article out there, that's just like, Hey, these are the top five mental health resources, like fuck, nothing, like no traffic, like no likes, yeah. no comments, no clicks, like seen by X amount of people clicked by nobody. But if I'm like, oh, yeah, like crazy headline and then halfway through, I'd be like top mental resources as a hyperlink. That'll get a ton of clicks because now exactly. there are people already through the door. They don't feel mm -hmm. the apprehension because everyone is like, no, not me. I don't need that. But 
the fact of the matter is sometimes we all do need a little help. And if so, if you need some more fitness inspiration or inspiration in your life, check out Austin's channels. Austin, where can we find you? I'm on OnlyFans. Just uh, type in <laughs> Austin Alex. Uh, no, I'm on YouTube. Just type in Austin Alexander. You can Google me. I don't know if much will pop up, but websites in there and the Battle Bunker website will be up there soon. Um, and then Instagram is just type in Austin Alexander. You'll find me. There's a there's a dude in Canada that has my same name spelled the same way. So make sure that mm. you choose the more handsome one, which is me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave the listeners with before you get out of here? I'm assuming to go do burpees. Yes. For the listeners, you can't see. But if you check out this YouTube video, you will see this picture behind me. And I want to mention before we get off there, just so people aren't like, what's that random photo? You see a lot of people with Battle Bunker shirts and they're on rowers. And you see about 40 or 50 people out there. So Battle Bunker has grown to a lot more than than just videos now. We are a competition series. And these people that are on these rowers, they are athletes, some of them elite athletes that flew in from around the world, Croatia, Australia, United Kingdom, Mexico, Denmark. And we hosted our first competition this year and they came to it. It was uh, it was a brutal beat down throughout the day. We live streamed it on Battle Bunker YouTube channel. But next year we are developing a another competition pipeline. It'll it'll go from kind of like a, a combine or an open to a regionals to a games type format in October. And Fantastic. that's where that's where the battle that's where Battle Bunker is to date. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, I cannot wait to see it, and I cannot wait to be there on the sidelines reporting. I'm sure I'll get washed out in the regionals, but I'll give it a best shot. Well, you've got the golden ticket. If you want to come to any of them, let me know, and we'll get you out here. Fantastic. Well, fair winds, following seas. We'll see you next time here in the Smoke Thank you pit. very much.